Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Snack Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today's episode is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Running Collection, an eclectic ensemble of artists from all walks of life and disciplines. I mean, we're talking established to wannabe writers, actors, directors, artists, bloggers, vloggers, videographers, podcasters, journalists, producers, and editors who are passionate about creating content for running and entertainment purposes. Still, but more importantly, they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential accelerate their growth and continuing the cycle. In other words, they help people IMAC their life. So, if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express, own, and display your talent, shoot them an email at the Behind the Wheel Morning Show at gmail.com. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner or know of an entrepreneur or small business owner looking to advertise in the Behind the Wheel podcast but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility, we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I'm not going to go with we. We now have... We going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash BTW podcast. The details will be in the show notes. That's ko com forward slash BTW podcast. And one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee. You all know I like coffee. That's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today we are honored to have a very special guest. Her list of accomplishments, when I tell you this is a lengthy list, and I've heard so much about her. Um, my, my, my sister has gone through uh, one of the programs that she's the CEO and founder of in Stamford, Connecticut. I tell my sister all the time, this is a great time to be a woman. And um, if I could change, I, I'm happy to be a man. But this is an ideal time to be a woman because there's so many different organizations and companies out there who are uplifting women. And, and Fran, our pastor, our guest today is on the forefront and she has been on the forefront for a number of years. This is not new. Give it up for Miss Fran Pastor. <laughs> I'm well, Derek. How are you? Thank you for that lovely and kind introduction. I am doing fine. I can't complain. I can't complain. I've, I've been looking forward to, to speaking with you. I've heard so much about you um, and, and then get an opportunity to see the, the facility and visit there a number of times. Um, 
it is the work that you are, are doing is is incredible. Um, but before we find out a little bit about yourself. We gotta know: Are you a D and D lady, or are you a five bucks lady? I am a D and D lady. Oh, that's good because we're mm-hmm. sitting in the parking lot of D and D right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Fran, for those folks who may not know you, won't you tell them a little bit about yourself? How you got started? Uh, in this uh, venture? Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun uh, to finally meet Yvonne's brother. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Um, so yeah, WBDC, we started about 24 years ago next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a single unemployed mom myself, and I had a very short-lived career on Wall Street, but I knew that was not where I wanted to go back to. And I learned that Connecticut was the only state in the country that didn't have a resource for women entrepreneurs. And, you know, that's how entrepreneurs are born. Um, You, you know, have a passion for something and hopefully there's a need for it or a demand for it in your, in the marketplace. And then you put those two things together and that is how um, entrepreneurs are born and small businesses uh, get launched. Mm. And so you would let 28 years well, it's actually, we will have become a full-fledged corporation exactly 24 years ago, but we started the process 26 years ago around my kitchen table. Mm. You, and, you and some friends or just you? Um... No, me and some other, like some really fabulous women and some great men from around the state of Connecticut. Um, we learned that there was a federal initiative um, that was supporting women entrepreneurs and women business owners. And uh, Connecticut hadn't um, accessed that grant from the federal government. And um, we decided to go after it. And in order to go after it, you have to form a corporation, apply to become a nonprofit, which we did and we are. And uh, in 1997, WBDC was born, the Women's Business Development Council. Mm. What what was what was the mood like? What did people think when you when you decided to you know leave Wall Street to venture out and do something for for, for other people? Well, my career on Wall Street was like very brief, and then I became a mom, and I wasn't working, so I was really stay at home mom. Um, but I had gone through a divorce, and being you know Italian, my family was you know come back to Brooklyn, and you know you can live in the basement. Um, but I had a great great network of girlfriends, very accomplished women who uh, were helping me and supporting me. Um, And I knew that I could not just go work in a company. My passion was always around women and women's economic equality. And so this just happened to kind of be the thing that, you know, kind of lit my fire, if you will. And I was really excited at the prospect of helping other women um, become you know, economically independent through entrepreneurship. So when we first got started, um, the majority of women that we worked with were um, startup and um, low income. And that has over the years really gradually changed. Um, Our clients come from all walks of life, all socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, They reflect the ethnic uh, composition of our state, the state of Connecticut. And um, they are starting businesses um, and scaling businesses. Um, and it's really a source of pride, especially in the last 12 months during COVID. We've seen a 600% increase in the number of women. Are you psychic? 
because I was going to ask you if you saw a spike during uh, COVID. 600%. Wow. 600% of the number of clients that come to us and roughly a 20% increase in the number of startups looking to launch. So it's been a really interesting uh, 12 months. And um, normally we see about 800 clients in a year. And last year we saw over 6,000 clients. Wow. What do you what do you think attributed to the to the growth or the interest in wanting to launch a business during the uh, during the pandemic? Well, that's a that's a very um, complicated question, and there's a lot to unpack there. But a lot of that has to do with the disproportionate impact that COVID has had on women, particularly women in healthcare, education, retail, and hospitality. And then to take that a step further, that was compounded by the fact that the majority of women in those fields are women of color, black and brown women, who are also hourly wage women. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had um, the childcare debacle impacting women who worked in full-time jobs in corporations um, who could no longer bring their child, their children to childcare. By the way. All women were affected by the childcare issue, but um, I'm trying to kind of share the spectrum, right? So um, the women in the corporate sector were hit by COVID in that, again, childcare facilities shut down. 70% of childcare facilities in Connecticut shut down in the first few weeks of COVID. Um, Again, those businesses operating on a thin margin already um, run mostly by black and brown women. Uh, who's who are the primary breadwinners? Well, now those women aren't getting the business and generating the revenue that they need to generate. And then on top of that, those corporate women um, are home now with their children. They're doing the teaching. They're doing the mothering. They're doing providing the daycare, if you will, the early childhood education. Their household responsibilities haven't changed. And compound that with taking care of elderly or infirm family members whom they may or may not have been taking care of already. But since COVID, perhaps those family members, those elderly family members were impacted by COVID. So it was just, you know, the stars were just aligned against women, um, women from all socioeconomic backgrounds. So there's not one story about how COVID has impacted one particular uh, demographic mm-hmm. uh, women. It's across the board. Women from all race, creeds, and colors were impacted disproportionately by COVID. Clearly, minority women and low-income women more great, you know, in a greater way. Um, but women disproportionately. And so, what what happened is, um, for some women, necessity became the mother of invention. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the women at the lower end of the economic spectrum are like, I can't do this anymore. I can't balance, you know, taking care of my kids. I can't get to work. I'm in this high risk job. My hours have been cut. I, I need to do something about it. Hmm. I always, I was always interested in knitting. I love yarn. I'm going to open up that yarn shop or I'm going to start selling yarn. And then for women in the corporate arena, it's like, I'm done. Time's up. I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. I don't need this. The men, my mental health is more important to me. I'm going to leave and I'm going to think about what I can do. I can launch my own consulting practice, whatever. So that's the long answer. But uh, the point I'm trying to drive home is that there is no one uh, scenario for women. 
and how it has dis- how they have been disproportionately impacted by COVID. Mm. You know, it, it, I have a um, some triathlete friends in, in South Carolina, and they launched a business during the pandemic, and, and it. So I, I'm hearing like bits of the stories of people popping mm-hmm. up. And so you have folks who say, uh, they go into a creative mode out of necessity, like you said. And then there, there's some who just, well, you know, I'm just going to binge watch, you know, Ozark. And, yeah. you know, I started, bit, huh? Good show. I did. I, I started watching. I watched it and then it was like, okay, I've got to get masterclass. I'll binge watch some. some yeah, yeah. And it just becomes, oh, and then I start seeing more and more people launching businesses. And so having an opportunity to, to, to speak with you when you're actually in it, to see a 600% increase is during a time when you think about, it might not be the best time to start. People are on edge and people are, people are taking the leap and they're, and they're flying and soaring. Mm-hmm. And well. so mm-hmm. It's got to be like, wow. Mm. It's exciting. Just to be really clear, Derek, the 600% increase was in overall clients, roughly a 20% increase in startups. And that's pretty consistent with what's happening nationwide and certainly in our in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, that, that is that is to be commended. I, I Just to be able to have that out there and get those stories out there, it, yeah. it's encouraging to hear, wow, so I, they did it during this time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ideal. And some people, you can wait. There, there are no perfect conditions and... No, they're not. I mean, a lot of those businesses are um, capitalizing on the opportunity and developing something around COVID response, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The three words that I have been, um, that come to mind are um, courage, tenacity, and, um, oh my goodness, I lost it. Resilience, Mm -hmm. and courage. Okay. I thought you were going to say pivot. Because if I had pivot one more time during the <laughs> everybody <And> unprecedented. <laughs> unprecedented and pivoted. You got it. Those are the two big words. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Fran, so what led um I you to start a podcast? Well, I cannot take credit for thinking of the idea, being interested in the idea. Um, we we started talking about this two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we were, we were becoming, we were working on the agency, the organization's brand and um, being the CEO founder, I'm a big part of the brand. And so our marketing team was saying, you know, we really need to elevate your profile. You know, there's so much that you can talk about because of all these years of experience and watching women start businesses, um, expand their businesses. And, you know, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of work internationally as well and and nationally. And so there's a lot to talk about and I'm very connected to some of, you know, the most fascinating women in a country. And so those are some great stories to share. Mm -hmm. So started talking about it. Uh, was like, "Ah, I don't really know if I want to do this. I'm not sure. What do I really have to say? Typical woman. And um, about a year ago, my we had um, talked about it again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't have time for this. And then COVID set in. And then my team was like, nope, this is the time for this. This is what we have to do. And then they did everything. I mean, 
everything. They, we sat down, we talked about, you know, what do you want to talk about and what are we trying to accomplish? And what I really wanted to talk about was to use my voice to help elevate other women in business, provide resources to them that they may or may not have had access to and share with them stories of success so that they can, you know, emulate, see role models, um, you know, and just hear what people were doing to, you know, not only survive, but hopefully thrive post-pandemic. So that's what we started doing. The first podcast was with a, a friend of mine, someone who I've been friends with for 30 years, who was a trauma expert. And she talked about um, how what people are going through right now was really a trauma. And that really resonated with so many women, so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, because we'll, we tend to think about trauma as um, a life altering moment when there are a lot of small traumas in people's lives. Right. And this is certainly one of them. So that seemed to be very well received. I surprised myself. It was just really a conversation like we're having right now. And, and then we kept strategizing and, um, making sure that we were in sync with our editorial calendar and other things that were happening in the world um, and in the world of COVID and in the world of Black Lives Matter and, you know, in this time that we're living in, right? Making sure that everything was relevant, timely, but in our lane, right? Our lane. What are we giving our clients that they could, that is going to add value to them? And so, um, Again, I can take no credit for this. The team, like right down to showing up at my house, so that helped me set up the technology. Which I, you know, I finally got it. I had a tutorial last week after like the fifth or sixth podcast. Now I know where to plug everything in. I know where to save everything. I know the whole thing. Um, so I'm excited about a few of the upcoming podcasts that we have scheduled because it's highlighting what other people are doing. Um, not only for entrepreneurs, but for, for people in general, um, you know, everything from a career pivot, uh, to, um, you know, people being philanthropic and wanting to support women. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, what is the name of the podcast and where can people tune in to, to hear it? Courageous Conversations. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find it and you can, um, Get it sent to your inbox if you go to the WBDC website, www.ctwbdc.org. Okay. And if folks wanted to to sponsor an episode, how would they, who would they reach out to? Who, who, would, they, who would they talk to about? They can talk to me, Fran Pastori, and my email is on the website as well. Wow. Once you're on the website. Once you're on the website, the W, oh, it's like a tongue twister, so I don't want to get. It is, yeah, I know. So, so say it so folks can find it www.ctwbdc.org. See, I would, I would have, I would have stumbled I had <laughs> on the screen so I could, <laughs> could get it correctly. Fran, thank you so very much for being on the show. I certainly do appreciate your time and the work that you're doing within the state of Connecticut and internationally known. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing the, you know, the stories of others and making sure that people have a voice um, and that, you know, just getting resources to people. It's, it's commendable. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. It's gorgeous out there. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Derek.